0: Life Audio.
1: Welcome to the Jesus is All We Need podcast with me, your host, Jason Sautel. This is a show where we dig into the personal testimonies of people in the news, celebrities, and folks just like you and me in a way that will leave you encouraged. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Jesus is All We Need podcast. On this week's episode of the Jesus is All We Need podcast, we have a very special guest. Sherry Gragg. Sherry's a Nashville based writer with more than nine years of experience in the publishing industry. She's an amazing writer. She's a, just her knack for storytelling while bringing it together with the scripture in a way that people can see is just something that has blessed so many people, including me. And that is the reason I brought her on today's show. But there's also a bigger reason and it's because of her dog, Big Al. You know, once I saw a picture <laughs> of him, I was like, We got to get Sherry. Sherry, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much, Jason, for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
1: Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free.
0: Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410.
1: Thanks, John.
0: You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410.
1: Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. So you're in the Nashville area. You've been in publishing, doing writing, and you do all sorts of content creation. What got you into this industry?
0: Oh, that's a really great question. Uh, My dad says I was always writing. I don't really remember that. And I'm sure it was very dramatic as, you know, preteens are want to do, you know, but um, really I just, have always processed my thoughts and feelings better with a pen in my hand. And mm-hmm. so, uh, I started out with just doing some freelance articles and things like that. And then, uh, had an idea, a big idea. For a book and it landed with Thomas Nelson arms up and wide about ten years ago so
1: wow and that just started it going there now when it comes to what I like to call your knack for storytelling and not that the Bible needs any gaps bridged or anything like that but but I truly believe people like you and others that I've come across have a great way of bringing the story out in a way that everyone can see from someone who's brand new in their walk to also someone who's been in their walk for many, many years with the Lord. How, or let me ask this, when did you start realizing that you had a gift for that?
0: Well, I started learning, I went to Israel with Dr. James Martin Bible World Seminars, and it was on that trip that I realized there were so many things going on in Scripture that a modern Western reader had no idea. And and these things were really obvious to the peasant sitting at Jesus' feet because Ooh. that was the air they breathed, right? right? But there are times he would say things or illustrations he would use that would have really a very specific cultural connection. And when I began to learn those things, it was like the Bible sort of became like technicolor, Mm-hmm. To me. And I just wanted to share those with other people. I was so excited about what I was learning. But right. I will say that most people are not as nerdy as I am, and they don't want to read archaeological reports. Right. right.
1: Yeah, you know, that's so funny because like with me, I love studying doctrine and getting into it and, you know, looking at all views because I'm not a guy who worships doctrine or says, oh, I'm going to be a this, that or the other. When people say, Jason, what's your denomination? I say, well, I'm a 2 Timothy 3:16 to 17 guy, meaning if God said it, we should kind of do it. And I put a heavy emphasis on the gospel of Jesus Christ, as we all should. But if you were to sit me down and ask where I go to church, it's a Baptist church. (laughs) So, so you know, I I like to leave it open. But with that being said, I love studying doctrine and really looking. and, And I'll be honest, sometimes even taking stuff opposite sides on the same thing, because I love geeking out on that. Then I love to just... Talk about the way it convicted me and the lessons I've learned and the mm-hmm. things I've gone through life and how I can bless others and help them on their walk or whatever they're going through. Do you find that you're able to do that? Like if someone's struggling with a certain issue, you can look back like into your past, go into scripture and walk alongside them while they're hurting?
0: That's always the hope, you know, I uh, the, my study, my last study was on Paul and he says that the he wants to comfort others with the comfort he had received, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's always the hope. I, I do feel like any time I research and write, the first gift is mine, that God has a lot to say to me, to, so much to the point that honestly, if nothing else ever came from it, it was a valuable pursuit, you know? Right. But, but the hope is always that I can pass on a little bit of light to someone mm-hmm. else.
1: Right. Now, say like there's someone that's listening right now that maybe they're struggling with a medical issue or a family issue or something that's just personal that they don't maybe talk to folks about because they're still struggling with it. When they read some of your writings, do you find that that they've contacted you and said, wow, thank you for this because I've felt that and what you said really helped me?
0: Yes, I have. I have people reach out to me in instant messengers specifically around my big last year. I had a a very big year last year with a lot of hard things. And um, I don't know, do you want me to tell that now?
1: (laughs) Well, I I was going to ask you, are you comfortable? Because I don't want to pry and I don't want to put too much out there. But if you wouldn't mind sharing a couple of the struggles you have had the past year or two, I, I think it would really be relatable to a lot of the folks that listen.
0: Right. So I feel like I feel a real responsibility to that, actually, because um, God carried me through it all. So I feel a responsibility to hold that hope out to other people. So uh, last March 15th, I signed divorce papers, uh, ending a very painful, very, very painful divorce. And I remember thinking at the time I would write in my journal a few more days and I'll be able to rest and grieve and heal. And I had Mm -hmm. a mental image in my mind of just shutting the rest of the world out and going out into my garden Mm -hmm. and working my garden and crying my way back to wholeness. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I didn't get that chance because March 16th, I was diagnosed with cancer.
1: Wait. Okay. So March fifteenth, the divorce mm-hmm. is happening. The yeah. day following, you're diagnosed with cancer.
0: Yes. the The oh. day after I signed papers, right. I was diagnosed with cancer. So I felt like I. The only thing strong about me at the time, I felt was like my external. I was very fit and uh, very strong, and I felt like I went from being beaten down mentally and emotionally and spiritually to suddenly now, you know, my body is betraying me.
1: <laughs> right. It felt now, like a betrayal. No, you know, I can, not that I'm trying to relate or better up or one up, but one thing I've kind of noticed sometimes is when I put stipulations on how I'm going to recover, and I'm kind of almost like, I'm not purposely saying, God, this is how it's going to go. I'm including him, but let's be honest. Sometimes I think we have a tendency to inadvertently block him out by saying, this is how it's going to go. A few days in my garden, or here or there, or I am going to, For me, I am going to go hunting or fishing. I am going to get my thoughts, in, and I am going to come back. And it's going to, you know, I am ready to move on. And then I get back, and you know, something happens. I mean, not as drastic as what she went through, you know. So, how did you work through that time when you were? I mean, I am not trying to play it down, but you are going to go gardening. You are going to get yourself better. You are going to work strong, work your way through it, and then God let something else kind of uh, come along.
0: Well, it was all all very humbling, of course, you know, and uh, I look back on it and it feels like there were a lot of extremes in emotion during that time. Like sometimes I was really angry Mm -hmm. and um, I want to just hit a pause button and Mm -hmm. say that if you're going through really hard things, that's legitimate. It's okay to be angry. Like God is not afraid of that. He's not afraid of it. And then other times I was grieving, you know, but there were other times when it seemed like that intense darkness, the contrast, it showed me blessings and beauty and joy that I would not have been aware of otherwise. So I came to the other side and realized that the way God carried me was... Not anything I could have imagined, you know, mm-hmm. and that he's going, he's God. He's going to do mm-hmm. his thing and he's going to do it when and how he sees fit. Mm-hmm. And really the least painful thing to do is just rest in that, that he right. loves you and he has your best interest at heart.
1: Right. You know, and, and I find that too, because with my walk in the darkness for 28 years before becoming a Christian, I often look back into that time. And I find so many lessons of grace, so many lessons of teaching, so many lessons where God was calling me you know to his son for salvation, but he was calling out to me, and then, after I went what I say all in on Jesus, when I became a Christian, I started following christ, you know I, I started looking back at times in my life where I thought things were actually be better in a worldly sense a way, like yo i 'm a Christian now, this should be all better, yeah. and I was still having issues struggles, mm-hmm. and then I started feeling guilt like well, God doesn 't want me mad he doesn 't want me a little angry right now, he doesn 't want me questioning, but then I start going through scripture and I start seeing everywhere that you know even the psalmists and people are crying out to Lord, oh god, why oh why i mean they're they 're truly screaming out in pain. And then the answer usually comes in. Now, if anyone is going through something hard right now, sometimes the answer isn't today, tomorrow. Heck, I'll be honest, it's been years till I've been able to get answers on certain things. But one thing I know is he will walk us through faithfully, way more faithfully than we'll walk ourselves through, and the answers are there. So with that being said, when you were going through all of this, well, you kind of already said it, but I'll just ask again. You threw up your hands every once in a while, probably, probably like, what next? Or did you just want to give up?
0: Well, I, uh, I did want to give up in the very beginning because, mm. like, and when I say that, I'm talking like the first couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'm the mother of five children. And when you look into the eyes of your nine, 18, I guess she was, my youngest child was 18 senior in high school and you look into her eyes and you see that kind of fear uh, a mama will fight for a lot and push past a lot in that moment so that was the first kind of thing that just got me motivated um But I found the Psalms. You mentioned the Psalms. I love that God gave us the Psalms because they're Israel's prayer book, right? And so, right there, He gives us permission to bring all that we feel to Him. Like there's a Psalm that says it tries to manipulate God. It says, Who will praise you if I'm dead? Right. You know, and it says, Are you sleeping? (laughs) You know, right? Right. Yeah. So, i I just want to encourage anyone going through a really hard thing: be brave in your honesty with God. I think that really beautiful things happen there.
1: Right. No, that's so true. And you know, even look like. A lot of times when people are going through tragedy, they look into the book of Job and stuff. What I love about that is kind of what you just said there was, Job is like yelling out to God, finally asking why. And God's answer like, do you know who I am? Do you? Let's let's go over this again. I created the heavens, the earth. and And, and God, you know, speaks in a fatherly way, kind of like when my kids were younger and they thought they'd push me around. Well, I had to come off as a father and say, I know what's good for you. Then it comes out with a tone of love. Caring, and we're going to carry. I'm going to carry you through to the end, and so I think that's a beautiful thing about you know, give turning to God and and giving Him your free expression of feelings. You know, I think that's a great way to honor Him because if you're hiding it, you're not hiding it from God. I think we could be clear on that, right?
0: (laughs) Right, right. And I I like to tell people He doesn't have a fragile ego, and and I feel like those moments when I have been honest just gut-level honest with God about what I was thinking and feeling. They really were, uh, to use a garden analogy, it's like it was preparing the soil for what God was going to do in me next, what He was going to show me next, the healing He was going to bring in my life next. And Mm -hmm. I can tell you on the other side, I'm not quite a year and a half past diagnosis. It's been a hard year and a half, Jason. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, I mean, you can imagine. Uh, But I can tell you that God has been so faithful and kind to me and so tender and really has given me um, treasures in the darkness. You know, oh, that yeah. I wouldn't trade for anything in the world. Nothing mm. in the world. Oh,
1: that's so beautiful. And I know for a fact that's going to touch some listeners because so many people are going through so much. Because not to go off topic, but people always like to say, oh, the status of the world right now. Look at where we're at. Look at where we're at. Well, I kind of pull it back sometimes. Say, we're just in it during our time. This is our time. It was mm. rough during for Christians during the Romans years. It was tough. Mm. I'm sure when World War One and Two broke out, people thought it was pretty rough and everything. This, this is our time. But while we're going through rough things personally or if we're freaking out about everything that's happening in the world right now, I, I love what you said, finding the, the treasures or blessings in the darkness and stuff, that there, there's something there, that he's not going to forsake you. He's not going to leave you. That's so good. So you're, you're doing better now, correct? Oh, Which yes. Medical, I, I, on the medical I, side?
0: Right. I, uh, surgeries are over for now. I have to be on long-term Cancer treatment, um, and it's not the life I would have chosen for myself. And it's not—I'm uh, not the person I was before physically. But I mean, like considering everything, I am incredibly grateful, and I'm doing all right. You know, right. And it's, I'm doing all right.
1: That's so good. And so again, I'll—I'll I'll kind of go back to this again. So you also for your latest book and things that you're doing. Um, and what is the name of your latest book, by the way, if you wouldn't mind uh, letting oh, us yeah. know? Oh yeah,
0: yeah. It's uh, the second a series with DaySpring Publishers. It's from Where I Stand: A Thirty Day Journey with the Women of the Bible.
1: Wow. So let's let's kind of hit that a little too. So you were going through a year and a half, couple of years of some pretty tough stuff, some dark times during your studies and pulling out the different um, stories from the Bible to use. Did you? I mean. I, Probably had to be a lot of growth within you also during that time that you're able to give the readers.
0: Right. And I just, I just have to say, God was so faithful, Jason. Like, because uh, that first book in the series, From Where I Stand, uh, 30 Days in the Life of Paul, it Mm. tracked almost exactly with my divorce, Mm. like almost to the day. And then suddenly, you know, I had cancer and I came. Out of pain meds to write the introduction Mm -hmm. for that book and then started going into the next one. Uh, But seeing especially Jesus's tender interactions with women who were hurting. Oh, yes. Brings me so much comfort and so much peace.
1: Right, and if you wouldn't mind sharing, maybe uh, one of the stories that really resonated with you. And I know as a as a writer, they all resonate with us, you know. Especially if we're doing devotionals or teaching and stuff. But let's be honest: when I write a devotional, there's some that are like, "Wow, this was a powerful one that really hit home for me." In all of your writings, is there a certain one that was just like super powerful to you?
0: Well, there are a lot that I love, of course. Uh, I think the Widow of Nain is the story that comes out. To me, just at the, my first thought, because, you know, here was a woman and in her culture, her time, uh, to be a widow was the most vulnerable position she could be in, uh, to not have a covering and protection and provision from a husband. And so she was a widow, but she had a saving grace. She had a son. Yeah. You know, Mm. and as long as she had that son, she had a place in her husband's family. Like, so she would be protected and provided for. And the story picks up as she is walking behind his funeral procession to go lay her son in the ground. So it's hard to imagine a more devastating moment for a woman. And I love that when we see Jesus approach her. It is with absolute compassion. It says right. it well, comes to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I was going to say a little backstory
1: there because I know you're so strong. What was it like for a woman without a husband at that time? What, what, how were they treated during those times?
0: Well, for a widow, it it meant that she didn't have protection. Uh, There were lots of times that even legally she couldn't take action for herself. Uh, Just protection moving about in the world, Uh, Mm -hmm. it meant that she didn't have provision. Most women didn't have a way. Some did, because we know that there were women providing for Jesus out of their own Mm -hmm. means. But for a lot of women, they didn't even have the ability to put food on the table, which is why Mm -hmm. we see in the early church— Uh, the commands to feed the widows, Mm -hmm. to take care of the widows. And so, yeah, in this moment, she's not only living with the devastation of lost husband, lost her son, but she has a very real danger standing on the other side of that for her.
1: Wow, and enters Jesus, right?
0: He, He comforts her, and then he takes her son by the hand and gives him back to her. Right. And I just see so much compassion and tenderness in that story for women.
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's so, not in a funny way, but from a worldly funny way, how people, and I usually see this from a hardcore legalistic side, they love to just straight go to Jesus, turning over the tables and whipping people out. And, and, and they love going there. And, the, and when they use that, they're also talking to the secular world. And on the flip side, I like to sit over here and say, okay, Let's let's look at the the countless stories of compassion, love, caring, wanting to give us what what we're craving and what we need, which is the comfort, the love, and the fulfillment that only come from Him. But sometimes folks want to stay over on that side, and I always throw back like, do you understand that He was going against the Pharisees and the false teachings is what that all about? He wasn't attacking the 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 world that quote hated Him. When he mm-hmm. went into the world of non-believers, because let's be honest, the majority of folks were non-believers. That was the start of the church. It was being built up. He poured compassion out. And do you find that, you know, and I don't want to do a beat down of any churches or today's day stuff, but sometimes maybe we need to just really concentrate on his compassion when dealing with this fallen world?
0: Well, absolutely. But what's really wonderful to me about those stories when Jesus was uh, like coming right. in with a braided whip. Mm-hmm. He was in rescue mode, Jason. Right. He was defending the right. vulnerable. So right. it wasn't that he was just willy-nilly going about tossing tables. It was right. because those people were exploiting people who were right. coming into the temple to pray, mm-hmm. and they were ripping them off basically right. so when and when we see him address the Pharisees, mm-hmm. he is doing it in defense of the people mm-hmm. he told them, you know you're not shepherding, you're not shepherding the sheep right you know so yeah i i if I could sprinkle a little magical fairy dust on the church right uh and I mean the global church right 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 it would It would be to embrace tenderness and love and compassion and service. I I really believe that we are freed up to do that Mm -hmm. in Jesus. God God is mighty, Jason. Mm -hmm. He is mighty. He is not in any danger whatsoever. Just like I said, he doesn't have a small. I mean, a fragile ego. You know, Mm -hmm. God's in control. Mm -hmm. And like I said, he's going to do what he's going to do when he's going to do it, but he loves us. And he wants us to love each other. And he wants us to love people who are nothing like us.
1: Mm -hmm. You know? No, you nailed that. And that's one of the things I love about the fire department side is we would just show up to anyone in need without judging how they got there and help them. And then people will mm-hmm. say, yeah, but what if there is danger? Of course, we protected ourselves from danger. Of course, we would keep an eye out for something that could come and get us. And stuff. But at the end of the day, we still showed up under just compassion. Because when people are hurting, when they're struggling, when there's just something going on and they have nowhere to turn, that voice of compassion, that voice of empathy and showing sympathy and being there with them can create such a little safe hold for them. And people say, oh, so you're Jesus. No, I'm not Jesus, but I'm following him and trying to become more like him and therefore showing up as a protector. So in your book, there's just so many awesome stories of women and how women help build the church, help, quote, protect the church, take people in and stuff. What's another story from the book that really kind of touches you?
0: Okay, so I love the story of Naomi. Um So, if your readers are not familiar with that, Naomi, uh, this was in the Old Testament, and she and her husband and two sons had left Bethlehem, had left uh, the Promised Land, and gone into a neighboring country during famine. Mm -hmm. And while they were there, her sons grew, and they got married, and then in pretty quick succession, Her husband died, and both sons died. It was just her and her daughter-in-laws left. So she and one daughter-in-law, Ruth, made their way back to Bethlehem, which means the bread basket. That's what the house of bread, that's what Bethlehem means. So they made their way back, and when Naomi was coming in, it says it was at the time of the harvest, and the women in the field said, oh, is that Naomi? And she said, don't call me that. Call me Mara because I went away full and I'm coming back empty. But we see at the end of that story that God has restored her completely. Not only has he given Ruth a husband, and so they are protected and provided for, but they lay Naomi's grandson on her lap to take care of. And so she is once again full, you know? Uh.
1: Yeah, that yeah. that's so good. And those are the stories I love because, you know, being in today's culture and everything that we see, a lot of times, he, it goes on all sides, you know, both how men should be, how women should be. And you never hear a biblical view about like, when I hear the word strong woman, and I say this out of total respect, a lot of times I roll my eyes because of where it's coming <laughs> from. Like, that's a strong woman. Okay, then I look over my wife, who is a Christ-fallen Christian, who is the strongest chick I know, and, and everything that she does is backed up by the Bible. Does that make her weak in the world? Heck no, it doesn't. I actually see a biblical woman being the strongest can be because they have Christ backed and the love of God is inside of them. And when you go through these stories, does it kind of, like, I know not for you because you wrote them, but do you think it will give readers a a good view of like, wow, this is what feminism looks like, or this is what a strong woman looks like? Do you think they'll pull some of that from your book?
0: Yeah, I do. I I love that Jesus was really way ahead of his time in the way he interacted with women. You know, we're told that he allowed women to support him out of their own means, Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite stories is when he defends um, Mary, the sister of Martha's, right to her theological studies. So to sit at the feet of a rabbi, Jesus was right. a rabbi, mm-hmm. was the place of a disciple. Right. So when Martha was like, make her get back in the kitchen, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. you know, uh, and Jesus was like, no, she chose the better part. So that was a really radical moment when Jesus was defending her. Ability to be more than what her her culture asked of her, you know, that, so.
1: That's so, I mean, I love that. I mean, that, that actually kind of excites me and stuff. And this is the reason why I love hearing everyone's voice in teaching, you know, because I, I don't want to go in scripture and doctrines or anything. But I was at a small group one time, and all of a sudden we went to the discussion of who can preach and teach and who can't. And I was like, is this really what we're here for right now? Come on, you know, I don't think us folks need to have these discussions and all of a sudden it came up of well you can a woman can't do this and a woman can't do that and it was the group's leader but meanwhile his wife was sitting right next to him and so i said well then respectfully said based on what you're saying i don't want to hear anything from your wife the rest of this meeting and i was just i'd be in that fireman come out of me and, and he's like what and i said bro i have learned so many amazing things from your wife she has mm-hmm. taught me so much, mm-hmm. and I value what she says. Do I have to agree with everything? No, I don't. But it was weird. Like, he, by preaching this this thing that he sees in his Bible and that he heard on the latest podcast or he read online, that, you know, he spewed it out there. And I was basically telling him, bro, what you're basically saying is telling your wife to shut her mouth. Don't say that. Mm-hmm. That's not what I believe you are. And sometimes to be pulled back to the true scripture and to have, someone like you and other people open my eyes up to these amazing stories, which are just way more than stories. I mean, this is God breathing out his wisdom, his knowledge and what he wants for us. It just blesses me on so many levels. So thank you for doing that. So one thing I'm going to put you on the spot here is an open ended question. What okay. is one? Well, I won't hold it to one thing. But what are some things you want the readers to take away from this book?
0: Oh, wow. Well, I think, first of all, I want women to recognize that although the church hasn't always put as much focus on the stories of women in scripture, that they are represented there. And they're represented there. And a wide variety of ways. You know, there's times when it is almost as if God is determined to uh, pay witness, to be a witness to the suffering they endure and the injustice they endure. You know, I don't think we should ever skip over the fact that he included those stories for a reason. Right. Right. You know, he he preserved the stories of the injustice they suffered for a reason. And I love that he didn't just skip over it and, you know, let it all be lost to history. Um, I want women to recognize that perhaps... There are women in scripture who were really branching out of what their traditional roles were. Like one of my favorite is JL, uh, who, you know, she put a stake through a guy's head. I mean, that sounds terrible to like that story. No, no,
1: I'm very familiar with it. No, it's a great one. Yeah.
0: It's an amazing story. And that's Mm -hmm. paired with one of Deborah, who is commanding the Lord, who's a judge in Israel. She's Mm -hmm. commanding the Lord's. Uh, army in Israel. And and so Mary Magdalene was the first evangelist. You know, mm-hmm. Jesus chose to come to earth through the womb of a peasant girl. He could have done it any way he wanted. Right. So the question is, if God is honoring women's stories over and over and over in scripture, what does that mean for his heart for women today? And I believe he's for us and that oh. he loves us. And, what? and he is, you know, championing our cause—that's what I believe.
1: Amen. Wow, I'm telling you, Sherry. That I mean, just it motivated me. Okay, because like I say, I love study, and I I love the people that God puts in front of me. I love hearing everything. I love hearing voices from, quote, all sides of the aisle and just, you know, put it together then to walk away and reflect on it and sit with the Lord and sit with Scripture and say, okay, is this scripturally sound? Is it where it needs to be? And And for you to be out there just waking people up, showing them parts of Scripture that they may have just bri- you know, breezed over really quick and just took the, the 30,000 quick, uh, oh, okay, there it is down there, and then passed by it to go. But I want to get to the gospel message exactly. What I tell people is the gospel message starts at the first word in Genesis and continues all the way through the end Okay, I know it's the book mm-hmm. of Revelation. But then you go into each story and each woman in there. That is part of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it mm-hmm. is in the Bible, and God wants us to use that without just breezing over it or discounting it or doing anything. And then He wants us to to think about it, pray on it, and you know meditate on His Word and stuff, so we can become more Christ like and see how affirming Christ was for people who followed him, you know, and, and so thank you mm-hmm. for doing that. Okay. Now, where can folks learn more about you, get some more of your uh, books and all that good stuff? Where where could they find it?
0: Well, my website is sherrygrag.net. That's my name, S-H-E-R-R-I-G-R-A-G-G. I'm also on Instagram at sherry underscore grag. Um, and uh, I am looking forward to offering your listeners three free copies of this study if they go and visit net, It will say, enter here. So it'll be pretty easy to find. And I want to bless some women with this book. So. for
1: sure. And the coolest thing about it is I'm going to post that in the notes. We'll put it on a post so everyone can see and everyone can get a chance because wait, are men disc- uh, are we being excluded from a free coffee? No, no, no. no, I'm no just, if I'm you would like I'm, coffee, jo- you come. <laughs> I'm just joking. I am looking forward to reading it, but no, I'm just playing with you on that. Hey, Sherry, thank you so much for being a guest and I look forward to having you come back through in the future.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed our conversation.
1: I hope you found this episode as encouraging as I did. Be sure to click the like, subscribe, or whatever button you see that will notify you of future shows because we have some awesome guests lined up that you're not going to want to miss. Until next week, remember this, my friends, Jesus is all we need. I love you guys. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to LifeAudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. So head on over to LifeAudio.com and check them out.
0: God's Word will change our life, but sometimes it's hard to know where to start. Well, that's where I come in. I'm Jody Nisnik, host of So Much More, Creating Space for God, a scripture meditation podcast. And each week I guide you through a scripture giving you space to listen to the Spirit and pray about what's on your heart. Then we have a thoughtful conversation with guests to help us go deeper. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.